Good afternoon, Times Square Church. It's an honor to be back and uh, a privilege to be able to bring you the word. Uh, the topic is, as Pastor Carter just mentioned, facing our fears. We live in a world that is unstable at times and can be scary at times. But we also live in a time where so many are struggling with anxiety and fear and, and, and panic attacks. And, and I see it every day in my counseling practice of people that are struggling because they, they have a panic, they have an anxiety that's invading their lives. And sometimes there's still this thinking in the church that if I'm a Christian, everything will go well. That there'll be no struggle. I'll have victory all the time. And I'll barely walk on the ground. Now, how many can say that's not exactly my life? Anybody can say that? Because that's not what the Bible teaches at all. Actually, the Bible seems to teach that if we are a Christian, it might get worse. Because we'll be walking in opposition to the spirit of this world. So the real issue is how do we deal with the storms in our lives and the fear they might produce? And there's a great example of this in the Gospel of Mark in chapter, uh, in chapter 4, verse 35 to 41. This is our text that we're going to look at. It says, on the same day when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that it was already filling. But he, gave, he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? And then he arose and rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Father, I just pray that you would come by your Holy Spirit, that you would come to minister to every heart that's here. Because you know every single heart that's in this room right now. You know every single heart that is watching us online right now. And I would pray that by your Holy Spirit you would come. Jesus, you are the Prince of Peace. You are the Prince of Peace. And I pray for your peace. Right now, in your precious name, Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. 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 What we realize is that storms, well, they're part of life. Even if I'm a Christian, there will be storms in life that will produce fear in my life. Now, we need to understand that fear is an emotional response to a threatening or scary situation. And that emotional capacity is a gift from God. God gave us that capacity to feel fear. Because fear can be good. Fear is there to protect us from danger or threats. You want your children to be fearful when it comes time to cross the street. You want them to have a certain amount of fear that they're not just going to throw themselves in the middle of the road. The Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So fear, right away we need to accept that fear is a gift from God. That can be very good. It can be for our good. It protects us. But fear can invade our hearts and our life to the point of losing faith. Of losing heart. Even the desire to live. 
That's what's taking place here in the lives of the disciples. They're on the Sea of Galilee, and it's known there that a storm can rise up very quickly. And in this particular case, it is so strong that the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. In other words, the waves are literally crashing into the boat, and it's sinking. And it says that the disciple was scared. Now we need to remember the disciples, most of them were fishermen. They grew up in a boat. So it had to be a pretty intense storm for them to be afraid. They're used to this. And one could ask, well, what are they doing there? What are they doing in the middle of the the sea when there's a storm? Well, they are obeying a command from Jesus. See, Jesus told them to go. In other words, even if I'm obeying God's will, I can find myself in the middle of a storm. Even if I'm obeying God's command, I can find myself in the middle of the storm. So storms are not automatically the result of sin and disobedience. Now, sin and disobedience will produce storms. (laughs) But just because you're going through a storm... It could be that you're simply obeying God's will in your life. And please know, not only are they obeying God's will, but Jesus is right there with them. In other words, he's in their lives. Yet, here they are in the middle of a storm. You ever felt that way? You're believing in Jesus. He's in your life. He's your Lord. He's your Savior. You're obeying his word. You're obeying his will. You're obeying his command. And yet here you are in the middle of a storm. And the storm can be so strong that you're afraid that you won't make it through. That this is going to sink you. Your heart is sinking. Your hope is sinking. Your faith is sinking. And you're filled with confusion and fear. And maybe you're wondering, Lord, where are you? Where are you? And look at the storm that I'm in. Where are you? And storms can make me think that Jesus is absent. That he's not there. If I look at the storm, I can forget to see that Jesus is there. And in this particular case, it's very interesting because it says, but he was in the stern asleep on a pillow. I love Jesus. (laughs) He's in the middle of the storm. The waves are crashing in, but he's just asleep. He's there, but he's sleeping. And sometimes we can have the same feeling. Let's be honest. We look at the storm in our lives, our life, our our circumstances, our our, our family, our children, our, our situation around us. And you say, how can this be? Jesus must be asleep. Now, when I read the Psalms, I see this thought repeatedly. Well, the psalmist will keep writing. Where are you, God? Can you hear me? Do you hear my cry to you? Where are you? Look at my storm. But here's the key. This is is the key to understand this whole scene, this whole situation. It's this following key because that will help us understand what Jesus is going to be saying in a minute. It says this. The disciples said, teacher, now notice. Now they're calling him teacher. 
Hmm. I thought he was Lord. But now it's teacher. Do you not care that we're perishing? Don't you care that we're perishing? And you see, that's the key. Because that's the greatest source of fear. The greatest source of fear is when I think I have been abandoned by God. When I think that he doesn't care what happens to me. I'm not important enough for him to care for me. And that's where fear will just dominate your life. You feel that you've been abandoned by God because you don't understand what God is doing or not doing. That deep feeling that I'm all alone. That I'm all alone. Viktor Frankl was a psychiatrist. Wrote in the 50s. And he says, basically, every human being suffers from depression. Existential depression. When he realized that he, com he comes to this world alone and he leaves this world alone. The only thing that makes sense is to know that there is a God that is involved in all this process, that we're never alone. That we're never alone. Because you see, when you start to think that you're all alone, that's the biggest lie. That's the biggest lie that you can think. That's the biggest lie that you can believe. That's the biggest lie that can invade your heart. Because storms do not stop his caring for us. Let me repeat that. Storms do not stop his caring for us. See, that's the faith that Jesus refers to when he says to the disciple, how is it that you have no faith? It's not faith in calming the storm. Because Jesus has never done that. So the disciples, why would they have faith that Jesus could calm the storm when he's never done that? But Jesus said, where is your faith? Because remember the question, don't you care? And Jesus said, don't I care? Where is your faith? Your faith that I care for you. That I will never leave you. The faith that he cares for them and he will never leave them. Not the faith to stop, stop the storm. But the faith that he cares and that's the faith that we need in our storms. The faith that he cares for us. That he cares for us. That he will not leave us. That he will not abandon us. With faith in his love for us. That's always there. Faith in his faithfulness. He will never abandon us. This is how Jesus said it at the end of his ministry. In Matthew 28 verse 20. And lo, I am with you always. Even to the end of the age. Well that means us. To the end of the age. That's us. We're part of that. And he's saying. I will never leave you. You see. A presence. Will calm a fear. Amen. Let me say that again. A presence. Will calm a fear. Now if you've had children. Or you have children. Three four years old. You live through this. Middle of the night. Screaming, right? Because the child has had a nightmare. And so we go into the bedroom and we turn on the light and we say, well, what's going on, sweetheart? What, what, what's going on? Daddy, there's a monster in my room. 
And so we turn on the light. We look around and say, well, there's no monster. No, no, daddy's hiding under the bed. And we've all done this, right? We've all gone down and lifted up the blanket and said, no, see, he's not there. There's no monster. Of course, daddy's not there. You're here. He's hiding in the closet. So we go to the closet and we open the closet. You see, there's no monster, right? So of course not, daddy. He's hiding behind the closet. Right? And then Disney picks this up and creates a movie called Monster Inc. Ta-da! That's where they got it from. You see, if you try to reason fear with a child, you will never be able to reason fear. But this is what you do. You simply have to say to your child, okay, well, move over. Daddy's just going to lie down with you. Daddy will stay with you. And in a few seconds, the child will go back to sleep. Why? Because a presence calms the fear. The presence calms the fear. So when you're feeling anxiety and fear, don't try to reason it. Ask for a presence. It says in 1 John chapter 4, verse 18, perfect love casts out fear. See, it's that perfect love that will take away my fear. And to face my fears, it is the faith in his presence that he is there, that he will not leave me. And to realize that there are no storms that are greater than his power. It says in verse 39, then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. There was a great calm. See, when Jesus gets up and he calms the storm, it is not because of their faith. They still don't have it. They still don't have, they're still in their fear. But Jesus intervened based on his grace. Jesus intervenes in our lives based not on our merits, not on our strength and all the good things that we have done, but based on his grace. Look at Romans 5. It's my favorite verse in the, in the scripture. Romans 5 verse 8. But God demonstrates his own love towards us. And that while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. Christ died for us. You see we cannot deserve his interventions by faith. We get his intervention because of his grace. So I just need to go to him and believe in his grace. Do you remember when you got saved? Do you remember that day? Someone does. Amen. I remember it. I was almost 23 years old. This is my prayer. This is my prayer. Um, if you exist... Could you do something in my life? Because it's a mess. That was it. <laughs> that was it. There was no in Jesus name. There was no amen. There was no. There was nothing. It was just a realization. My life was a mess. I said if, you, if you're there and you can do something. Would you please do it? And the spirit came and testified to me. And I know that at that moment I was saved. 
not by faith, not by, by the, the power of my faith, but by his grace. He loved me before I loved him. He loves you before you love him. He cares for you. He cares for you. But by his grace, we are saved. And he wants to manifest his presence in our lives. I still believe that Jesus intervenes today. I really do. I really do believe that he intervenes today. That he can still the storm in our lives. That he's still the almighty, the creator. He's the Lord of Lord and the King of King. I still believe that. And I still believe that he can do the impossible. That whatever man says it's impossible. I still believe my Jesus can do it. I still believe that his will can be done on earth as it is in heaven. You see, there's no storms that are greater than our God. There's no storms. No storms that are greater than our God. But above all, because I don't always understand how he's going to intervene. And sometimes that's the problem. I know you don't do that, but sometimes this is what I do. Jesus, this is my storm. This is my situation. Here's a plan for a solution. <laughs> and so, step one, this is what you're going to do. And then you're going to do step two. And then you're going to do step three. And then you're going to solve the issue and I'll be okay. Amen. <laughs> and then we wonder, what's going on? Well, we need to let Jesus be Jesus. We need to let him be Lord and to let him be God, but to trust in his presence. That you will never leave me. That you will never forsake me. And this is the proof that we have that the disciples didn't have. See, we have the cross. Whenever you start to think that Jesus doesn't care for you, just look at the cross. Just look at the cross. And you'll see his arms open wide for you. Just look at the cross. He cares for me. He cares for you. He cares. And I, he will never leave me. His presence will calm my fears. That's the peace that surpasses all understanding. Because with my understanding, I should not be at peace. But there's something in my heart. There's something in my spirit. I know that Jesus is there. I know that he cares for me. And eternal life is mine. Eternal life is mine. So let me ask you today. Are you struggling? Are you struggling with fear and anxiety? You do realize that 90% of what you're worried about won't happen. 90% of what you're worrying about, it won't happen. Now, how many here, you would say, I have the gift of worrying? <laughs> I mean, let's be honest, right? 
some of you, you know how to worry, right? I mean, the thoughts are taking over, the plans, the scenarios, right? If you are able to worry, and you worry a lot, I just want you to know that you have a gift. It's the gift of faith. It's just that you believe in the wrong thing. Just believe in the good thing. Instead of worrying about the disaster, start to believe that what God can do in your situation. You're gifted. You just got the focus wrong. Here's why worrying doesn't work. You've had it. I've had it. Four o'clock in the morning. You're still worried. Right? And you have all these thoughts. There's a situation that's worrying you. And it's not really the situation anymore. Because now you've taken it to greatly exaggerated. I mean the situation is now huge. Right? <laughs> at 10 o'clock it was a situation. But at four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> right? It grew. Yet you're all alone in your house, but it grew. <laughs> and now you're trying to create scenarios, solution to this problem. Here's why worrying doesn't work. Worries are fictional solution to fictional problem. You'll never stop worrying. Because you're not dealing with the problem at four o'clock in the morning. Even if you're thinking about your boss, he's not there. <laughs> he's sleeping. <laughs> right? You're not going to solve the problem at work at four o'clock in the morning. I don't know about you, but I've really had some very creative thoughts and solutions at four o'clock in the morning after worrying all night. My brain doesn't work that way. What do I need? I need a presence. I need a presence. When I start to worry, this is what I do. I say, Jesus, I'm worried about this. I know it's a gift. <laughs> oh, I'm gifted, trust me. I know it's a gift. But what I need right now is your presence. I need your presence. And, and, and you know what, Jesus? Uh, you don't need to sleep, but I do. <laughs> and so this situation, this storm, this fear, this anxiety, I'll tell you what, I'll give it to you for now. Work on it during the night. Bring me up to date tomorrow morning. <laughs> right? Because I know if I start to worry... It's not going to work. I'm not going to find peace. I'm going to find peace in the presence. I'm going to find peace in the presence. Maybe you're confused. Because you're obeying God with all your heart. Jesus is in your life. Jesus is in your boat. And you find yourself in, in storms. You, you find yourself today in stormy waters. Maybe it's your health. Maybe the doctor said that one cell is back. That one cancerous cell is back. Maybe the doctor told you some bad news. 
Maybe it's not you. Maybe it's somebody that's close to you. Maybe it's your marriage that you're worried about. You don't know if it's going to make it. Maybe you're worried about some children, a children, a child that's in a situation that's so worrisome. Maybe you worry about your future. Maybe you worry about your loneliness. Maybe you worry. Maybe the waves are crashing in. And he said, but I'm trying so hard to obey Jesus. I'm trying so hard to live for Jesus. Yet the storms are coming. And you're wondering, where are you, Lord? Are you asleep? Are you there? Maybe you came here today and you have all kinds of anxieties because Jesus is not in your boat. Can I invite you to think about that in a few minutes by the end of this service? To invite Jesus in your boat? To invite Jesus in your life? You know, I'm a counselor. I'm a psychotherapist. And sometimes I see a situation in my counseling practice. And sometimes I have this thought that comes into my mind. What does a non-believer psychologist tell his client at this point? Because honestly, humanly speaking, I, I, I don't know what else I can do except God. Except God. So maybe you're here and, and you're curious about this and you came. Can I invite you to, to invite Jesus into your boat today? He's the Prince of Peace. He really is. And there's things that are waving back and forth and you don't know where north is north anymore. You've lost your focus. You don't know what, what it is that life should be. To invite Jesus. Invite Jesus into your heart. Invite him into your life. He'll give you direction. Trust that he cares for you today. Look at the cross. Be assured that he will never leave you nor forsake you. And his presence will calm your fears. Because no matter what, he is there. No matter what, he's there. Believe that if he's in your boat, he's in your life, you are safe in his hands. You're safe in his hands. And when he intervenes, no matter how or when, trust that you will come and you, you, you will be amazed by him. And you will be amazed and surprised and have a greater revelation of who he is. Just like the disciples did in verse 41. When, when they said at the end of the verse, it says this. Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? See, they were amazed. They were amazed. They said, this is not something that we knew about Jesus, but we've discovered it through the storm. We discovered it through the storm. Job said at the end of his life, my ears had heard from you, but now my eyes have seen you. See, when I'm in a storm, I seek his presence. And I believe and have faith that, Lord, I don't understand everything, but I know that we'll, I will get a better glimpse of who you are. After this storm. Hallelujah. 
I don't know if you were here this morning, but I, and I don't know her. I don't know her story. But Elder Vicky, as she was leading us into worship this morning, there's a moment when she stopped singing. And she was testifying. You felt it in your spirit. You just felt it. She's no longer singing a song. She's testifying to the goodness and the faithfulness of God. See, when we go through those storms and those challenges, we get a better revelation of who Jesus is and that he cares for us. He cares for us. I'll ask the musician to maybe come back and I'm going to do a song in a minute. Let me end with this testimony. Last May, as a man in our church, uh, he called me up and he says, I'd like you to come over to the house. I have something I want to ask you. And I said, okay, I'll come. To be honest with you, I didn't want to go. Um, because I had found out that he had been diagnosed with terminal cancer. And I was really afraid of what he was going to ask me. And I showed up to his house and big strappy guy. Used to be a police officer with the RCMP. And uh, I said, how are you doing? He says, I'm doing great. Okay, you're doing great. Uh, he says, I have something to ask you. I said, yeah, what do you want to ask me? He says, I want you to do my funeral. And I said, oh, don't, don't ask me that. I said, come on, we're going to pray. You know, we're going to believe. We're going to, you know. He says, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to pray. We're going to believe. He says, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. But he says, the doctors are saying, I won't make it through the summer. So, I'm going to pray for healing. Yeah. But this is what I want you to pray for. I want you to pray that the presence of God would be so manifest in my life that I will deal with this with a peace that will trouble the people around me that don't know God. He says, I don't understand it. He says, I really don't. I cannot explain it to you. But there's something that happened in a moment of prayer when I said, God, what do we do with this now? And he said, there's just a peace that came and invaded my life. A peace that surpasses all understanding. So he says, right now I'm visiting all my family members. He was going to all of his family. He was a fairly big family. None of them are Christian. And he would go to each other and say, hi, how are you doing? Okay, I came to say goodbye. <laughs> and he says, I'm telling them. I'm not in denial. I know what's happening. Trust me, I feel the pain. I, I know, but I'm at peace. I know where I'm going. I know where I'm going. And not only that, he, he said, at my funeral, you better tell them. You tell them, that's why I'm at peace. Because God is in my life. Well, I guess he didn't trust me. Because he made a video. <laughs> And he asked us to show the video at, the, at his funeral. And the funeral starts as high. If you're watching this, it's because I'm gone. <laughs> and he shared his faith with his whole family. And everybody's going, huh? What is this? I'll never forget his smile. He had one of those smiles. 
And I remember in that visit, he looked at me and he, that smile came out. And I said, oh, what's he going to say now? Something's coming. He looked at me and says, you know, I'm just going to get there before you. And I thought for a minute, and I said, yeah, that's basically it, isn't it? You're just going to get there before me. That's a little troubling. He was ministering to me. I was supposed to minister to him. He's ministering to me because he had this peace, the presence. He knew he was in God's hands. He knew he was in God's hands. And today he is there before us. He's there. Can we bow our heads? You came here today and, and, and anxiety, fear. Your, your life, you're, you're in the storm. Maybe you're losing hope. There may even be some people that you came here tonight and you say, you know what? I'm giving up on life. If that's what life is supposed to be, I'm about to give up. But I came today. If you've never invited Jesus into your life, would you do that now? And just say, Jesus, I don't understand everything that was said. I don't understand everything about you. But I know this. I'm in a storm and I need help. Would you come into my life, clean it up, bring it back up, rebuild my life? I'm going to hang on to the fact that there's nothing impossible for you, so there's something you can do in my life. Maybe you're Christians here, you're believers, and, and you are so committed to the Lord, you're faithful. And yet you're in a storm. And sometimes worries and fear just come over you. I really want to pray for you. We want, we want to pray for you. But this is the key. A presence calms all fears. His presence. This is what you need in life, in your life, in your storm right now. That you can trust him with everything. That he's there and he cares for you. He cares for you. Heavenly Father, we come to you right now in the name of Jesus. Jesus, thank you that you intervene in our lives by your grace. I thank you, Jesus, that you are the Prince of Peace. I thank you that you're still the Almighty, all-powerful, Nothing can resist you. Nothing is impossible for you. And Jesus, you know every storm that is represented here this, morning, this afternoon. You know them individually. You know their cry. You know their doubts. You know their fears. And so I would pray right now. Would you still the storm in their lives? Would you still the storms? But would you assure them of your presence that you're there?
you won't leave them. You will not forsake them. You didn't forget about them. We're too precious to you to forget us. You gave your life at the cross for each one of us. And you know us individually, personally. And so we give you the storms of our lives right now. And we say, Jesus, glorify your name. Glorify your name. And may there be a great calm in our hearts. Lord, I ask in the power of your name, I come against any spirit, any enemy that would bring worry and worry and worry. Lord, we stand against it. And we say, no, I don't know how, I don't know when, but with Jesus, something good's going to happen out of this. And Jesus is going to be glorified in my life. And Jesus is going to be glorified. So we give it all and we claim and we request and we believe you care. You care for each one of us in your precious name, Jesus. In your precious name, Jesus. And all God's people said, amen, amen, amen and amen. Can we, can we praise the Lord?